I mean, I think I, I learned how to harmonize just by listening to the Everly Brothers and the Beach Boys when I was a kid. Hello and welcome back to the EarFuel podcast. As always, I'm Joel Freemark, and you can follow me on Twitter at at GetEarFuel and at The Daily Guru. The podcast is always available in the iTunes and Google Play stores under EarFuel and at GetEarFuel.com. What you heard at the top was a bit from my chat with the human behind the project, Caroline Says. Her most recent release, No Fool Like an Old Fool, is a gorgeous, somewhat dark, but I like that, musical journey, and I highly suggest you check it out. I reviewed the album in depth, I think, on the last episode or maybe the one before, so if you want to know more about the record specifically after the interview, go listen to that. There's actually no album review this week because, honestly, I just want to get right into that chat. So during our discussion, we covered everything from a very tricky recording situation she found herself in to juxtaposing lyrics and melodies just the right way and uh, even the band name itself, along with a lot of other things. So sit back and get to know Caroline Sex. I did hear that uh, recording it was a little bit tricky because of your living arrangement. Um, so I lived in like this uh, basement apartment um, underneath this um, older couple. And uh, the the man that lived there was actually, he was blind and he would like bump into stuff all the time. So I would hear that all the time. Uh-huh. And like <laughs> um, they had a dog that like would scratch, like I could just hear every move they made and so that made it very hard to uh record um just it was hard to find a quiet time and i moved to the apartment i live in now which is just uh, an apartment complex and you know it's very noisy as well so it's, it's always been yeah it's it's been hard to uh Find a quiet time and place to record. <laughs> so did that did that change your creative process at all? Those those kind of almost restrictions? Um, probably. Like I yeah, I would only I would record a lot at night just because everyone would be asleep. But yeah, it would be I would like get the uh you know, have like a I'd feel very creative and then like my neighbor's air conditioner would turn on or oh, something, you know. Oh. <laughs> Just trying to lay and down this vocal, man. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure that had something to do with my overall sound. So so did you kind of have to record it all in, in small chunks then, just given like what time of day it was or something or who yeah. was home? Yeah. Like I would um, just sit around and wait for like people's ACs to turn off. Just be like, okay, I probably have like two and a half minutes. Let yeah. me see if I can get this guitar line down. Right. Yeah. Wow. So, so did any of that, do you feel like were, was it, was it frustrating, which did that lead to different types of creativity for you? Did it, did that really influence any of the actual songs or did those kind of come from a a more traditional place for you? Um, I don't know that it really influenced the songs. I think, um, yeah, the songs weren't really related to my living condition. Mm-hmm. There, there there seems to be this juxtaposition in kind of the really airy, just, just ethereal, gorgeous sounds. And then the actual content seems to be more on the darker side of things. Yeah. I guess I'm just drawn, I'm drawn to, uh, I don't know, like, I guess 
all my favorite songs are sad songs, and mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, that's just what comes out naturally. I think. Do, are the are these personal? Or are these things you read about? You know, where 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 do you draw your inspiration? Um, I do get a lot of inspiration just from like books and movies, and I don't know, like even the news. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, yeah, I, I write a lot from like a fictional perspective, just because mm-hmm. I do have a hard time like writing poetry and like feeling good about it. Sure, if, uh, it's like I don't know. It's like putting. Letting someone read your diary or something, if it's if it's like one hundred percent like just a personal, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you know where you're talking. Does that about, make sense? No, absolutely. Uh, okay. Where you were talking about, you draw inspiration from movies and stuff like that. Do you when when you're you know when you're writing a melody or you know you're you're laying down a harmony. It, do do you do you have that visual sensation of wow this really feels like you know it's it's an open expanse or something like that? No, I don't. <laughs> sorry, so, no, I have a boring to be answer. Sorry about it's, it's it's the truth. You know, sometimes the truth is is just. I wish what I it had is. a more exciting answer for you, but it's, I don't know. Like it is really hard for me to even. I don't know where where what I like. I wish I did have a formula of like when how I write music or like what I. What I c- could think of to like make it happen, but it really just—I don't know—it just happens when it happens, you know. So, so do the songs kind of start in different places? Like some start with the lyrics, some start with the melody. Yeah, I'm I'm like constantly just whenever I hear some like someone say something, I'll, I'll write it down in my notes mm-hmm. that you know that I I like the way it sounds or something. Sure. Um, and yeah, I'm. I mean, I've been trying to play guitar like at least you know, 30 minutes every day. And some days nothing, you know, I don't write a song at all. And I don't, but some days it's just like, I'll write like three or something, you know? Sure. Sure. When the muse decides to show up. Yeah. And I do a lot of just, I'll have a melody in my head and hum it into my uh, voice memos sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm very guilty of the, you know, 700, three or four second clips in my voice memos. Yeah. Um, I'll, I have a lot of, the, just a lot of voice memos that I will probably never listen to. Exactly. Again. And that's it. That's it. Like occasionally yeah. I look at them I'm like, yeah, I'll listen to those. One of these. Uh, no, I won't. Um, so did you, rec- did you, do you play all the instruments on this? Yes, I did. I recorded it and played everything. 100% DIY. I love it so yeah. much. Um, you know, I really liked the percussion on the record. It's it's to me, it's kind of a it's a gem that's kind of hidden in plain sight. The kick drum of all things, and it's not something I normally fixate on, but the kick drum on it, it the the tone, it's just kind of got that really it, it's softer than most of the time what you hear with the kick drum. Um, how much time did you spend kind of trying to get the tone right with the percussion? Well, it's really funny that you even mentioned the percussion because I think that's like the instrument that I really wish I could play, but I am not a drummer at all. Uh-huh. Yeah. And all of the drums on the album are um, it's like synthesizer or okay. I recorded one drum at a time. So not much thought was put into the tone of the kick drum. I think whoever invented the sample I used probably put a lot sure, of thought into like, it. That's the one I like. We're going. Yeah. <laughs> and we're just going to stick with it. So, um, so then you are, you grew up playing guitar. Yeah, I got my first guitar when I was um, 11, mm-hmm. and um, at the time I was really into like boy bands, and and my parents were like, you're, you you don't want a guitar, you're not going to play it, and which like they 
were right to say that. Like I, I ma- like that makes sense that they would say that just because I wasn't into like I really wasn't into music that mm-hmm. much, or I was, but I was just into like pop music. Sure. But um, yeah, I just really, really wanted to learn how to play guitar, and got into like some really bad music, like you know, Blink One Eighty Two or whatever. We all have that phase. You're, yeah, you're, you're among then, friends. This is a safe place. Yeah. <laughs> And then I think things changed after I got into Nirvana, and that's when I started learning better songs. Uh-huh. But <laughs> so, so, so Nirvana was the touchstone to kind of send you into a different direction. Yeah, I think after Nirvana, I learned about the Pixies. I learned uh-huh. about the Velvet Underground. Uh-huh. I think Velvet Underground or the Nirvana was my gateway to a lot of good music. Mm-hmm. And and it would seem, you know, from from the name you've chosen to perform under, that you have quite an affinity for the Velvet Underground. Um, yes, I love the Velvet Underground. Um, and I I probably, if I could redo it, probably wouldn't name my my project Caroline says just because uh-huh. um I don't know it makes me sound like an asshole kind of <laughs> I, I, <laughs> think, I, I think um, it works if 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 your name wasn't Caroline I'd agree with that but, yeah you know I mean, it, it works on multiple levels well it's like a lot of people don't know the Lou Reed song sure. so it's like what's your band called and I say Caroline says and they're like oh, oh okay fine got you it say. they take it the whole other way Right. Got it. You're just like it's a it's a Lou Reed song, and it's a really, yeah. and it's a really good Lou Reed song. So uh-huh. come on, please. So yeah, you, but I guess when I when I named the project, I never thought I'd be performing the these songs live. So 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 it was just kind of a creative outlet for you that just happened to turn into something bigger. Yeah, pretty much. I just like uh, I've been recording music since I was like middle school and college i had a lot of friends who like recorded albums and i i just i thought i i should record an album and it's something i had wanted to do for a really long time but just never really pushed myself to do mm-hmm. and i don't know something something got in me and i just i made myself finish all the songs i started which yeah that that had been a problem for me in the past sure and that, and that was the first record then yeah and 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 so were you were you surprised that it got you know that that so many people really really dug it i mean when when you put it out there you're just kind of like here it is whatever yeah i mean i was just really excited people even listened to it um yeah but it was i mean i got a lot of press on that record that i was not expecting at all and it was very exciting when with the success of that did it change how you went forward with this album yeah, I think it, it made it made this album. I had a little more pressure, I guess, uh-huh. to make something better, or to, like try to make something better. And I also felt like I needed to finish it quicker, which I think is really bad for creativity. Just like, <laughs> okay, like just the the pressure of I don't know. Does that make sense? Like I I needed to finish it quickly, and that like messed me up a little bit. Sure, sure. You felt like you wanted to kind of ride the wave, and that people were waiting for something new, as opposed to just like taking five or six years to put out another album. Right. <laughs> yeah, which it actually did take me like four years to sure. record it. But I mean, that's for for a lot of that time, I didn't even have my own recording equipment, so there were a lot of reasons why it took that long. But worth the wait. Very much worth no, the wait. Don't thanks. don't beat yourself up on that. <laughs> 
know, it's it's not like this is Chinese democracy and it took 26 years for the album to come out. So, uh-huh. you know, um, so, you know, you said, you know, you kind of got into Nirvana at about 11 and that was really the change for you. Was it was it a, did you have a musical family growing up? Yeah, my parents both play music and uh, my brother plays music. And yeah, I grew up listening to, you know, the classics. Sure. The Beatles. The good stuff. Yeah. And yeah, so I, f- I, f- I think I was introduced to a lot of good music at an early age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I, I learned how to harmonize just by listening to the Everly Brothers and the Beach Boys when I was a kid. Yeah, and you know, the, the harmonies throughout the album are just gorgeous. And when I first heard it, that was actually my initial reaction was, uh, this sounds kind of like... Just when the Beach Boys hit that perfect harmony and it's just pure bliss and you can feel the sunshine and the beach, I felt like this album managed to sit in that space for the entire half hour runtime and just exude that. Um, so, well, thank you. Yeah, it's it's it, it's just uh, yeah, it's it's kind of like somebody hit pause on a really nice sunset and it lasted thirty <laughs> minutes. Um, well, dang, that's really nice. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, the interest. One interesting thing I found about this record is the last track, which kind of sounds. It sounds a bit different from the rest of the album in terms of feel and tone. Um, was that recorded in a different time or a different way? That was actually yeah one of the first songs I recorded. And there were a few different versions of it. And um, that was when I lived in that, I lived in like a really gross basement sure, apartment. Sure, um, And I recorded maybe like, I don't know, I recorded probably half the album there. But um, yeah, that was, I remember after recording that, just thinking like, all right, I made the saddest song in the world. Like, that's how I felt. <laughs> and like, I felt good about it. Sure. Sure. I mean, yeah, it's uh, a lot of people said, and I agree with it, you know, great music doesn't come from happy people and happy mindsets. Yeah. Though, I mean, it originally wasn't an, an instrumental. I mean, I've, I kind of think of that song as an instrumental song, yeah, even though absolutely. there's singing at the beginning. But yeah. yeah, it went through many phases, though. To, to kind of, I mean, it just took on different forms until you were like, boom, that's how this song is supposed to be. Right, yeah. Do you have a favorite song from this album? I think I'm uh, I'm really proud of the the weird sounds I, I made for the first song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the textures there are just incredible. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, there's almost a bossa nova feel on I Tried, and, you know, there's that deep swing on Sweet Home Alabama. It's really, it's difficult to have a record that's as eclectic as this that flows just so seamlessly and and um the reverb on this just really sets a nice open mood is is that the kind of music you're drawn to stuff that's kind of airy and and very almost spacious yeah um i mean i love uh shoegaze i love my bloody valentine um i guess deer hunter uses a lot of reverb too but yeah i mean i do think reverb is also like a tool to hide I don't know, like vulnerabilities too. And I, I think maybe, I think the next album I want to use less reverb and like <laughs> uh, show more of my lyrics versus, I, th- I do think reverb is just a tool to kind of hide what you're saying sometimes. Sure, sure. Yeah. Give it, give it more kind of, give it more of a tone and a sound than a feeling in a way. But also, I I love my bloody Valentine for that reason. Like it's a mystery what he's even saying. Mm-hmm. And every time I listen to my bloody Valentine song, I 
I feel like he's saying something different. So I don't know. Kind of depending on what your mindset is, the lyrics can change a bit. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I, I like that concept. I like mm-hmm. that. What's he saying? I don't know. Ask me tomorrow and I'll tell you what yeah. I think he's saying that day. So you've got this one out there. Uh, are there certain songs here that for one reason or another, maybe the vulnerability thing you feel like you can't perform live? Um, well, actually, like black that song Black Hole, that's like an acoustic, like open tuning yeah, song. Yeah. I don't know how to play that anymore. Like, I don't know how I tune my guitar. I could probably figure it out if I tried really hard, that's but awful. and I, I will eventually. But yeah, th- I mean, I made the mistake of recording a lot of songs in open tunings that I just like d- don't remember you what they were and didn't them. write them down. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I just recorded the song and then changed the tuning and I don't know, like I don't remember what it was. So it's, I think I learned a lesson song. doing that. Yeah. And so also with this album, the ordering, you know, kind of the, the, the texture, you know, from first song into Sweet Home Alabama, you know, there, there's a bit of a, a tonal and tempo shift. Did you take a, a long time putting these into order or did they just kind of get, here's here's what I think sounds okay? Well, I think the first song is called First Song because I was like, all right, this right. That is one kind of has song. to be there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I kind of had an idea of how to, how to order them, like, as I recorded them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know where that comes from but you just have i don't know i make a lot of mix cds for friends and sure. stuff i just i guess i just get a good feel for like <laughs> what what order songs sound the best or whatever mm-hmm. so the the one question i really want to ask specific and and i don't usually do this but i'm so curious about the song a good thief steals clean um what is the inspiration behind that song i watched this uh Maplethorpe documentary. Sure, um, sure, Robert Maplethorpe, yeah. Yeah, um, and A Good Thief Steals Clean was like inspired by something Patti Smith says in that movie. Got it. Um, and I also like at the same time watched uh, this movie called Panic at Needle Park um, and just like the the feeling of that movie I think inspired the song. Mm-hmm. Um and maybe the lyrics. It's it's you know kind of a love song, but I don't know. Have you ever seen Panic at Needle Park? It's about I like heroin addicts and love. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have yeah. to. <laughs> so I guess it it was kind of inspired by the idea of someone being in love with a heroin addict, which is what that movie's about. Okay. Yeah. So again, yeah, the, these these light airy feels going to rather dark places. Um, which again now now that i've kind of gotten confirmation on that i know why i like this record so much because i love records that do that thanks again to caroline for making time i really suggest you go check out no fool like an old fool it's a really really good record and you can learn more about her at facebook.com slash caroline says music and caroline says dot bandcamp dot com Now, before we wrap the episode, I do, of course, have your Ear Fuel listening assignment. For those of you new to the podcast, each episode, I give you an album to listen to in full, beginning to end, without any distractions or interruptions. It stems from the idea that these days, music has become a bit of a background task for most people. You're at the gym, you're at work, you're riding the subway, whatever. And this is about taking some time each week to consciously listen to music for the sake of music alone. This week, well, 
I got a little something different for you. The listening assignment this time is that I want you to go listen to a record from 2018 that you haven't heard yet. We're coming up on halfway through the year, and I'm already hearing people saying that this has not been a good year for music, and I completely disagree. So go and take any new release from 2018 that you haven't heard yet. I've reviewed a number over the episodes this year, and there are a bunch of great records outside of that also that there are to choose from. I mean, there are just a lot of good music that's come out this year. So go find something you haven't heard from this year, dig in, and hit me on Twitter at at the Daily Guru or at Get Ear Fuel, and let me know what you picked. So that's all for this week. As always, the podcast is available in all the places one finds podcasts under EarFuel and at GetEarFuel.com. You can hit me on Twitter at GetEarFuel and at The Daily Guru. And that is it for this edition of EarFuel. Share and enjoy. Enjoy.